Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from the Kota Sichas, Chelekil Dalet, Parshas Vayeschan on Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha we learn about the mitzvah of Shabbos in the Aseris Adibris. And this sicha is a Siyam Meseches Shabbos. And there are four parts in the sicha. The rebel number one, present the final mission of Meseches Shabbos and ask a question on, on the order of a detail that's taught in that Mishnah that relates to the Malacha of Kshira. Number two, go into an extensive discussion comparing and contrasting the Malachas of Kshira and Hitzah. Number three, based on this, answer our question. And number four, present in Pnimisi Yonim the meaning of the beginning and end of Mesech Shabbos. In regards to the Dine Shabbos, that Shmira Shabbos is one of the Aserah Dibris, which are written in our parsha. So the mission at the end of Mesech Shabbos teaches, Umaise bimei aviv shel Rabbi Tzadok, uvimei Abba Shol ben Batnis. There was a story that occurred in the days of the father of Rabbi Tzadok, and in the days of Abba Shol ben Batnis, shepakaku es amar that they shuttered the window with an earthenware flask. So they would shutter, close the window with something outside of it, and over there they used an earthenware flask. V'kashru es and they also tied an earthenware vessel with a strand of reed grass. And they did this, They did it in order to determine whether there was in this barrel, earthenware barrel, the opening of a tefach or not. So the incident over there was that there were two houses side by side, and in between there was an alley. And in the, in the alley, there was someone who was passing away and so the halacha is that if there is a cover over the alley, then it contains the tumah, and the tumah will then enter into the windows that are also under that covering of the houses that are on the two sides. And that's indeed what was there at the time. There was a barrel, an earthenware barrel that covered the alley. And in the earthenware va- barrel, there was a little hole. Now, if the hole is more than a tefach by a tefach, then the tumah will actually escape through that hole, and it will not extend to the sides into the windows of the houses. So they saw that this person was on the verge of dying. So what they did is they put an earthenware flask by the window. They shuttered the window with this earthenware flask so that if there wasn't a hole in the barrel on top of that alley, then the tumor would not enter into the window because they put a flask there. They put it with the bottom of the flask pointing outwards so that the tumor would not enter. And then afterwards they tied a piece of earthenware vessel that was the size of a tefach by a tefach. They tied it on a piece of reed grass. And they did that in order to measure whether the hole in the barrel that covered the alley was bigger than a tefach. And if it was bigger than a tefach, that means the tumor would escape and the windows would be fine. They wouldn't have to have them shuttered. And the mission of there concludes, that from their words we learned that you could shudder, you could measure, and you could tie in Shabbos because they shuttered the window with the earthenware flask. They measured to see the size of the hole in the barrel that covered the alleys, and they tied the mekeda, the earthenware vessel, with a piece of reed grass. So meaning that on Shabbos, one is allowed to shutter a window with an unattached board. A person is allowed to measure and to tie a kesher, she'enishal kayama. It wasn't a permanent tying, because we used reed grass, which could be used to feed animals. So it wasn't something which was permanent. Now, in the Gemara, it's explained that only measuring of a mitzvah is permitted, 
And also in regards to tying a knot, it's explained in Shulchan Aruch that only if it's for a mitzvah may a person tie a kesher uman, which is a proper tie, that's not kayama, it's not shal kayama, it's not there to, to remain, which that would be osram and atayra. So the measuring and the tying of the knot are only permitted if it's for a mitzvah. However, regarding shuttering the paikikin, which is like building, the issue with with paikikin would be that it's an issue of baina. So it's explained in Taisvis that it's permitted even if it's not for a mitzvah. So we have over here two categories. We have the maididin and kaishrim, which are only permitted for a mitzvah. And we have the paikikin that's permitted under all circumstances, even if it's not for a mitzvah. And the question is, the reason why the Mishnah first says paikikin and then umaydidin v'kaishrim, in the conclusion, the Mishnah says, umaydivrayim lamadnu paikikin, and then it says umaydidin v'kaishrim. So the reason the Mishnah says paikikin before umaydidin and kaishrim, so we can say very simply, is because first, pakakus amar, that's the first thing they did. They shuttered the window, and afterwards they were kashru and madadu. So it's understood why the Mishnah concludes by saying Paikikin before Maididin and Kaishrim. But according to this, that it's an order of what occurred, it should have said Vikaishrim and then Umaididin. It should say Umaidivramadnu, Shapaikikin, that's the first thing they did. And then it should say Vikaishrim and then Umaididin. Because first Kashru Samakeda, first they tied the earthenware vessel with the reed grass. And afterwards, and through that, once they already had that in place, Madadu, they measured to know if there was an opening of a tefach on the, in the barrel that covered the alleyways. So in terms of the order that the things were done, it was first Pakukwas Amar, then Kashrus Amakeda, they tied the earthenware vessel, and then they were moided, Madadu, to see if there was a hole in the barrel over the alley. So the Mishnah should have said, And so the question is, why does the Mishnah say before Kaishrin? The question continues, and even if you say that the reason Paikikin is said first is because of the rule, which is learned from Taisvis, that when there are two words or two teachings, they are organized in a way of zu, meaning first, the bigger Chiddush, and then the smaller Chiddush. First we say Zu, this one, which is a greater Chiddush. And we don't even have to mention the next one, which is a smaller Chiddush. And therefore it's understood that the Din that has the greater Chiddush has to be taught first. And Paikikin is the greatest Chiddush, since they permitted it even when it's not for a mitzvah. Like we said, Paikikin is because of an issue of Baineh, and they permitted it anyway. And we explained that from Taisvis, that it applies even when there's no mitzvah involved. So you could say that the reason Paikikin is said first is not just because that's the order of the events, but also because it's the greatest Chiddush, whereas they only permitted Maididin and Kaishrin when it's for a mitzvah. The problem with that is that that won't answer why Maididin is before Kaishrin, because the Chiddush in both of them is the same, that both of them are permitted. And so the order, if it's not going to be based on which is a greater Chiddush, since the Chiddush in both of them is the same, it should be based on the story. And actually... It seems like there is a bigger Chiddush in Kaishrin being permitted than in Maididin being permitted. So from the perspective of which is a greater Chiddush, also from that perspective, it seems that Kaishrin should be taught before Maididin because there's a greater Chiddush in the Kaishrin 
than in the Moedidin. Because the Isra of Moedidin is Mipneshu Maisachel Vilzilzul Shabbos. It's not in any way connected to an actual Malacha. It's just that it's a weekday activity and therefore it's a way of not treating Shabbos respectfully. It's disrespectful to Shabbos for a person to be occupied with such a weekday activity of measuring things. Whereas the Isra of Kaishrin by a Kesher She'enishal Kayama, when it's not permanent, like in this case over here, is because and only in such a way that medivri seifim nikrozeh gamkein shel kayama. That midrabbanon, this is also considered a kesher shel kayama. Meaning, what does it seem like we're saying here? That it's similar to a kshira So permitting kaisrin, which is similar to a malacha deiraisa, is a greater chiddush than permitting maididin, which is only a maisachel and zilzul shabbos. So also from that perspective, of which is the greater chiddush and should be taught first, kaisrin should have been taught before Maididin. So we're going to go now into a side discussion, and based on that, we're going to come back and answer our original question. So this will be understood by first explaining what we learned in the Mishnah in the beginning of Masechah Shabbos, that the Malach of Eitzah is only Asr Midaraisa if the person does an Akira and Hanacha. But otherwise, if the person doesn't do the Akira and the Hanacha, the person just does the Akira and then passes into the other Rishos, or the person just brings it into the Rishos and does the Hanacha, then it's only Asr Medivri Seifrim. And it's known the question on this. Why isn't Taitzah also Asr Medivri with just an Akira or just a Hanacha because it's a Chatsi Shir which is Asr Medivri by Shabbos. So Chatsi Shir, for example, would be something which isn't kosher. Now, only if a person ate the minimal, minimum Shir do they get a punishment. However, even if they ate less than the minimum Shir and they don't get a punishment, it's still Asr Medivri And so the question is, also by Haitzah, why don't we say that the whole Malacha where a person gets punished for it is if they do the Akira, the Haitzah, and the Hanacha. But also if they do a Chatsi Shir of it, for example, they did just the Akira and the Hitzah, or just the Hitzah and the Hanacha, so although they won't get the punishment, it's still Asr Menatera, because Chatsi Shir is Asr Menatera, and that idea of Chatsi Shir being Asr Menatera also applies by Shabbos. And it's explained to answer this question on the basis of the wording of this rule itself, the rule of Chatsi Shir. What do the words Chatsi Shir mean? They mean that the only thing that's missing is the Shir, which is the quantity of the Isser. But there's nothing missing in the essence and quality of the Isser. Like in the example of something which isn't kosher, it's the very same thing which isn't kosher, and the only difference is the amount of that thing that the person ate. However, if there's something missing in the essence of the Isser, then the Torah did not answer that. When we say the Torah made a Chatsi Shir Asr, it means if the only thing that's missing is the Shir. But if something is missing in the very essence and quality of the Isser itself, then the Torah did not answer that. And so too here, just an Akira or just a Hanacha are half of a Malacha and not a Chatsi Shir. It's not that the whole Malacha is there and part of the Shir is missing. The actual Malacha itself is not there. It's not a whole malacha if there's just an akira or just a hanacha and not both, of the, not both of them. And we can say similarly regarding kshira, that also by a kesher she'enei shel kayama, which is the kesher of our Mishnah, where it's missing the end and completion of the malacha of kshira, which is the maisa uman, the maisa uman part, because the person isn't tying it al-dashi shar-kein kolzman she'efshar kayam. And the person's not tying it that it should remain that way as long as possible as long as it's able to be. 
So we can ask, why isn't it Osama Deraisa because of Chatsi Shir? And the answer is similar to by Hitzah, that it's not a Chatsi Shir of the quantity of the Malacha. It's not that you have the whole Malacha, but a part of the quantity is missing. But rather, it's Chatsi Shir of the essence of the Malacha itself, because the Da'as, Shei Sharikain, the intention that it should remain this way, is part of the essence of the Malacha, and therefore, it's not Osir Medeiraisa. So we're just bringing this concept that it's not Osir Medeiraisa from Haitzah to Kshira when there's something that's missing. By Haitzah, it's either the Akira or the Anacha. And by the Kshira, it's the Das Sheishar Kain Kolzman Sheefshir Leiliyeh Kayim. That it should remain that way, that it should be permanent as long as it's able to remain that way and be permanent. Now we're going to move on to a side question. So it's not a question that's direct on what we just learned, but it's a question that comes up after we establish what we just said. So however, according to this, we need to understand, by the Malacha of Eitzah, if there's just an Akira or just a Hanacha, we don't find that it's permitted for a mitzvah. And so the question is, why by Kshira in such a way, we do find that it's permitted for a mitzvah, like we said at the end of Mesecha Shabbos, and for Eitzah, in the very same way, we don't find that it's permitted for a mitzvah. Both of them are missing part of the essence of the Malacha. So why is there this distinction? And it's actually explained in Mepharshim that the reason the Mishnah at the beginning of Masech Shabbos teaches the Malacha of Eitzah by an Oni and Balabayas, which involves the mitzvah of Tzedakah, is to teach us that this Eitzah that's missing the Akira or Anacha is also Asr even when it's for a mitzvah. And so the question is, why is there this distinction? That the Eitzah, when it's missing part of the essence of the Malacha, is not permitted even for a mitzvah, whereas the Kshira, when it's missing part of the essence of the Malacha, is permitted for a mitzvah. And we can say that the reason for the distinction is that even though both of them, the Hitzah without the Akira and Anacha, and the Kesha She'enishal Kayama, are, both of them are also Medivri Seifrim, nevertheless the reason for the Isser isn't the same. By the Hitzah with just an Akira Anacha, the reason for the Isser is because Gzera Shema Yavayu Kal Echad Ve'echad Mehem Lasis Malacha Shleim of Shabbos. It's a decree because we're concerned that each and every one of them could come to do a complete malacha on Shabbos. And therefore, the Chachamim made it Asr. And so it's from those things that the Chachamim were Asr, so that a person doesn't come to do an Isr skila. However, by the Kesher She'en Yishal Kayama, the reason it's Asr is because Medivrei Seifrim, it's called the Kesher Shal Kayama, since it's going to last a certain amount of time. So we're not concerned it's going to bring to a Kesher Shal Kayama, it's just that Medivrei Seifrim, it's called the Kesher Shal Kayama. And so it's from those things, the Chachamim Ra'isr, since they are similar to a Malacha. And since the Isr to make a Kesher She'en Yishal Kayama, isn't because of Xer that a person may come to an Isr Deiraisa, and it's just because it's similar to an Isr Deiraisa, so therefore we can distinguish and say that it's different when it's for a mitzvah. When it's for a mitzvah, the Chachamim permitted it. But this is not so by Hetzal with just an Akira or Hanacha, where the Isr is because of Xer that a person may come to an Isr Deiraisa. And so since there's something of a greater concern over here, it makes sense that it's Asr even when it's for a mitzvah. So over here we're distinguishing between a Hitzah with just an Akira or an Acha and a Kesha She'en Kayama. Despite what we said is similar about them, that both of them are only a Chatsi Malacha, but in what makes them Asr, it's different. By the Hitzah with just an Akira or an Acha, what makes it Asr is because we're concerned that it will bring to an Isr Skila. So that's a much higher level of severity. Whereas by the Kesher She'en Kayama, what makes it Asr is that it's similar to a Kesher Shal Kayama. But it's not, it's not that we're concerned it's going to bring to a Kesher Shal Kayama. 
And so therefore, it's not as severe, and that would be an explanation for the distinction why by a kesher she'enishal kayama, they permitted it for a mitzvah, and by hetzal, with just an akira anacha, they did not permit it, even if it's for a mitzvah. Once we have this answer in place, we now have a side question on this, and that is, however, this itself needs to be explained. Why indeed didn't the Chachamim make a also by a kesher she'enishal kayama, and say, that since it's a half a malacha, we're concerned that a person may come to an isr skila. Just like we say by Hitzah, since it's a half a malacha, we're concerned a person may come to an isr skila. And so it should be usr even when it's for a mitzvah. Like we said, that if the reason something is usr is because we're concerned that it'll bring to an isr skila, then it won't be permitted even by a mitzvah. That's what we said about Hitzah. Why don't we say the same thing by a kashashayin shal kayama? That the chachamim would make it usr because it may lead a person to an isr skila. And if that would be the explanation, then it would be usr even when it's for a mitzvah. And it's a kavachemer actually. If the chachamim made a gzera by an akira or a nacha alone, where it requires another action to come to a complete malacha, you need to add an action of the akira or the nacha. So certainly they should make a gzera by a kesher she'enish kayama, where it only requires the das, she'ishar ke'en la'im lom, the das just has to be changed to be a complete malacha. So if the Chachamim made Haitzah with just an Akira Nacha Asr because of the reason that it may lead to a complete Malacha, why didn't they say the same thing by the Kesher She'enish Kayama? That it's Asr because of the concern that it'll lead to a complete Malacha. And if we would say that, then just like by Haitzah, we say that it's not permitted even when it's for a mitzvah. Also the Kesher She'enish Kayama would not be permitted even when it's for a mitzvah. So we can explain that the reason the Torah was only Aisr, a Kesher, Shalkayama, is because the Malacha of Kshira, the definition of the Malacha is to make a Chibur V'ichir of two things, to combine two things, take two things and combine them into one. And it cannot be called a true Chibur V'ichud unless it was made in such a way She'ishar Kein La'ilam. Meaning what we're saying is that the Das, that it should be a Kesher Shalkayama, that it should be she'ishar kein la'ilam is a condition in the malacha of kshira. It's not a part of it, like a bunch of parts and one part is missing, but it's a condition to turn this into the malacha of kshira. And therefore, if the person originally made the kesher, that it should only be for a certain period of time, and then to untie it, then even when they are tied together, it's not a true chibur ve'ichud, and it's not defined and categorized as, as kshira, which the terror was iser. So this is not kshira. According to this, it's understood that without the das, that it should be a kesher shal kayama, the das she'ishar kein la'ilam, it's not that it's missing a part of the complete action of the malacha, like the akira is missing or the hanacha is missing, one part is missing, but rather it's not the malacha of kshira in the first place, since the strings aren't truly tied and connected, and it's only an act of bringing close and touching the strings, this is not considered kshira, it's not kshira with a missing part, it's not kshira at all. And since, and since it doesn't even have a little or part of the malacha, which the terror was Aisar, so therefore they didn't make a that maybe from doing part of it, a person will come to do all of it, because this is not part of it. Now it's understood that the reason that the Chachamim nevertheless made it Aser, if it's not even part of it, is only because externally it's similar to the malacha of Kshira in the Torah. And that's why it's permitted when it's for a mitzvah, because it's not based on this much more severe decree that from doing part of it, a person may come to, to do the whole of it. This is unlike Haitzah with just an Akira or Hanacha, where the definition of the malacha in the Torah is 
the act of Aitzah, taking it from one Rishos to another Rishos. And then there's a bunch of parts to it. There's the Akira, there's the Hanacha. And so if the person's missing just the Akira or just the Hanacha, they still have the Malacha of Aitzah missing a part. So then the Chacham made Xerah, that if the person did the Malacha and they're missing a part, we're concerned that they may come to do the whole of the Malacha. And since that's the basis of the Isser, so since the basis is that it may lead to a whole malacha, which is something very severe, therefore the Chachamim did not permit it even when it's for a mitzvah. And now based on all of this, we can go back to the beginning of the Sicha and answer our original question. Because essentially what we did throughout the entire Sicha from when we started this side discussion was to understand what is the Isser of making a Kesher She'enish Al-Kayama. And based on the, this understanding, we will now be able to understand why Kaishrin is mentioned last in the Mishnah. It says Paikikin Umaididin Vikaishrim. And we asked why is Kaishrim last? According to our current understanding of the Malacha of Kshira, we can answer that question. According to this, it'll also be understood why the Mishnah says Maididin and then Kaishrin. And we have Kaishrin on the right and Maididin on the left, because that's how it is also in the question. So we explained that in a Kesher She'enish Al-Kayama, that the Chachamim were Aser, there's no part of the Malacha of Kshira which is in the Torah. It's not the Malacha of Kshira, and there's no part of that Malacha in the Kesher She'enish Al-Kayama. And the Iser is only because it's similar to the Malacha of Kshira in the Torah, meaning that the Iser isn't because of the act of Kshira, because this is not the act of Kshira, but rather only because it's similar to a Malacha, the Malacha of Kshira that is in the Torah, without having any connection to that Malacha at all. Meaning that if not for this similarity, there would be no reason to make it Aser, because it has no part of the Malacha of Kshira. Whereas the action of Medida, even though it's not Aser because of any connection to a Malacha that is Aser Manatera, not to a part of it, and not to being similar to it, it's not a, it doesn't have part of a Malacha in the Torah, it's not similar to a Malacha in the Torah, but rather its whole basis is only Medira Bonon, so in a way it's lower than any other type of problem on Shabbos, but on the other hand, this itself indicates that it's being Aser is because what it itself is. Show who Maisachel Vizilzul Shabbos. It is. That's what it is. A Maisachel and Zilzul Shabbos. And for this reason, it makes sense that Medida, that is also because of itself, is more strict than Kshira. Because Kshira doesn't have anything inherent in it that's problematic. It's just similar to a Malacha in the Torah. Whereas Medida has something in it that's inherently problematic, that it is a Maisachel Vizilzul Shabbos. And therefore, when the Mishnah comes to teach that both of them are mutter for a mitzvah, there's a greater Chiddush in Medida that it is mutter, even though it itself is a Maisachel Vizilzul Shabbos, then that Kshira is mutter, that it itself is really nothing problematic whatsoever, and it's just what it's similar to. And therefore the Mishnah teaches Maididin, that it's permitted on Shabbos for a mitzvah, and then it teaches us the smaller Chiddush of Kaishrin, that it's permitted on Shabbos for a mitzvah. The explanation in Pnimisinyanin for the order of Paitikin, Maididin, the Kaishrin, will be understood by first explaining why it says Paitikin, Maididin v'kaishrim in the present and as a certainty that paikikin is something which is present and paikikin is something which is certain and it doesn't say mutter lifkaik it's permitted to do this so it's explained elsewhere that the reason in Pnimisinyanim why Masech Shabbos begins with the Malacha of Eitzah is because in Ruchnius it's a general and fundamental aspect in all the 
in all the Isurim of Shabbos, through doing a malacha, which is Asur, a person is doing the act of Haitzah, a person is taking out from Rishus Ayachid, which is from the Rishus of Yechidah Shalaylam, and the person is taking it out into Rishus Arabim, into the Turi de Pruda, which is the Oilam Aklipas. And that's why the Malacha of Eitzah comes as a general introduction to all the Dinei Shabbos. It's telling us that's really in essence what all the Malachas are. They're an action of taking something out of the Rishus HaYachah, the Rishus of Yechid HaShalaylam, and taking it into the Rishus HaRabim, the Turi de Pruda, the Eilam HaKlippus. Similarly, it's also true regarding the end of the Mesechas, that everything goes after the conclusion. We look into the conclusion to see the, a deeper message that relates to everything that it explains there at the very end the general effect that happens through the general Shmir Shabbos with all its details. There it's going to give us the general effect that happens through Shmir Shabbos. Continuing along, we're going to put a few more pieces in place before we come back to explaining about the order of Paikik and Maidin Vakashrin. So it's explained in a number of places the difference between the three times of Shabbos. We have the night of Shabbos, Milo Shabbato, we have the day of Shabbos, Yehma de Shabbato, and we have the Raiva de Raivan, the time of Mincha of Shabbos. So by the night of Shabbos, it says there is Aliyah Samalchus from Biata Silas. During the weekdays, Malchus goes down to Biyah to be Mavara Birurim. And on the night of Shabbos, it goes up from there to Atsilis. And since the worlds receive from Malchus, so at this time, Malchus, the way it's in Atzillus, shines in Biyah. Afterwards, on the day of Shabbos, a higher level, that of Zah, the Midas of Atzillus, shines in Biyah. Not just Malchus, the way it's in Atzillus, but Zah, the Midas of Atzillus. And afterwards, at the time of Raiva the Raivan, an even higher level is revealed, which through this higher level, there is the Yichud, the unity of Zah and Malchus. Like It's like we learn in many places that in order to combine two levels you have to have something higher than both of them and that's why in Shemini Esra by Meir of Shabbos we say which refers to Malchus which is feminine and in the day of Shabbos we say which refers to Zah which is masculine and by Mincha Shabbos we say both because we have the Yichud the unity of Zah and Malchus, so therefore it says Vam in the plural. Continuing with this theme, so since on the night of Shabbos there's Aliyah Sa'ilamais, that Malchus, the way it's in Atzillus, shines in Biyah, so therefore all the clippers are bottled on the night of Shabbos. Because during the weekdays, so since Malchus goes down to Biyah to do Berurim, so the clippers have eight Fisus Makim. Because they're in Biyah, where there's Klippus. And therefore they are in Batal. Whereas in Shabbos, so since Malchus goes up to Atzillus, which Atzillus doesn't have any Ra, like it says, Ra, so therefore the world is in a state that the Klippus are Batal. However, it's understood that the Aliyah Sa'ilamis and the Bittal of Klippus is connected and dependent on the Aveda of a person. Like we generally say that everything that happens has an aspect where it's dependent and it's connected to the Aveda of a person. And therefore, as I'll said, regarding the Aveda of a person that's related to Shabbos, that a person becomes a partner to Hashem in the creation of the world. So among the explanations of this Maimer Azal, that Nasa Shutuf Lakadish Borhu Bemai Sibiracious is one based on the Maimarazal that Ruach Tsfainis Ainamisavis, that the northern part of the world isn't surrounded, which means in the heavens it's not 
it's not complete on the Tzafin side, on the northern side. Which what this means is that in the creation, the side of Tzafin, which represents Klippus, as it says, Mitzafin, from the Tzafin, Tipata Chara, that's where there is the Ra, the Klippus. So it means to say that that side is open. What does it mean that it's open? Meaning that there's place for Klippus. However, on Shabbos, when through the Avaid of a person, Malchus goes up to Atzilus, and the Klippus are bottle. So then it's as if we are sealing the side of Tzafin, and the creation is complete, and that's what it means when it says that Nasa Shutaf Lakadish Borchu Bemaisabrachus. And this Nasa Shutaf Lakadish Borchu Bemaisabrachus, this Aliyas Amalchus occurs right at the start of Shabbos through Kabbalas and Shmira Shabbos. Afterwards, as a reward for this Aveda, we rise higher on the day of Shabbos to the revelation of the Ur of Zah of Atzilus. And after this, we rise even higher all the way to the revelation of the Ur that is higher than Zah and Malchus and that unites them. According to all of this, we understand why the end of Mesech Shabbos, which means the end of doing the Aveda of Shabbos, which are all included, like we said, in the Malach of Aitzah, comes the Haidah, the proclamation, about the three Aliyahs as a reward for this Avaidah. And they are hinted to in the words, Paikikin, Umaydidin, Vikaishrin. And like we said, it's in the present, and it's something which is a certainty, because what it represents is something which is ongoing every Shabbos. And the order is, first Paikikin, then Maididin, and then Kaishrin. On the night of Shabbos, there's the Aliyah Sa'elamus, and the Bittal Aklippus, which through this we seal, which is the word paikikin. Paikikin is to shutter, to seal the window. We seal, we are paikik, the opening on the side of Tzafin. Because Malchus goes up to Atzilus and there's no more Ra. In the day of Shabbos, we reach the revelation of the Midas of Atzilus. And Midas is connected to the word Maididin. And, min, and by Mincha of Shabbos, we rise to the level of Kaishrin. That the air which is higher than Zah and Malchus and unites them is revealed. It's Kaishr, Zah and Malchus. And through this, it also connects all the worlds to make them all one Rishus. Like we said, that's the goal. A Rishus HaYachid for Yechidei Shel Elam.